0: Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this week's episode of Canadian Rocketship Companies. In this podcast, we profile Canadian startups who can accelerate your career. We get the founders to come on, tell us a bit about the history of the company a bit, of, and why you should join them. I'm your host, Alex Norman, and this week I'm, jo- I'm joined by the amazing Andrew D'Souza, co-founder and CEO of ClearCo, a longtime friend of TechTO, and, who we are super excited to have back. Now, before we get started, and I bring up Andrew. We are recording this podcast live. And you can get your questions in by putting comments on the media and the channel you're looking at. So if you're on LinkedIn or on YouTube, add a comment, I will see it and we'll bring the questions into the conversation. So now that you know that, let's get started and let's welcome Andrew to the stage.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Alex.
0: Well, it's always a pleasure to have you, Andrew. Thanks for uh, joining us. Um, Where are you today? You, You always seem to be traveling around the world.
1: Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in New York today. I'm in New York. We're doing um, an executive offsite. Uh, we've got a bunch of executives who haven't met each other, uh, who we've hired in the past year. And so many of them are in the US. And so we're all meeting in New York. Well, thank you for taking time out of your executive offsite. And it's, I guess you had to hire a lot through
0: the last year and a half when everything went remote. Um, for people that don't know ClearCo, give us a 30 second back. Well, actually, give us people that don't know you. Give us your 30 second background prior to uh, founding ClearCo.
1: Yeah, so I am an engineer from the University of Waterloo. Um, spent a couple of years at McKinsey, and then in 2010 moved up to Silicon Valley. Met a guy named Chamath, uh, who was head of growth at Facebook at the time, and has gone on to do some other interesting things. But you know, the, probably one of the most formative things for me has been moving to Silicon Valley in 2010 and seeing how the ecosystem worked and what was good about it, and you know all the benefits of, of venture capital. But all you know, I think a lot of the um, unfairness, you know, a lot of the the um, inequality of you know, for founders, for entrepreneurs who my friends back in Canada at the time were struggling to raise capital where my friends that graduated Stanford would just walk down the street or go to a party and it was easy. Um, and, you know, that that same thing sort of existed in every every dimension. So when I moved back to Canada in 2013, a big part of my role was, uh, you know, I joined a company called Top Hat. And a big part of my role was to help them, you know, raise capital. And uh, and I sort of did, did that a few times and realized that venture capital was never never going to scale to meet the needs of the millions of entrepreneurs and founders out there that needed the right type of uh, of financing and support uh, and opportunity, and and so that was what led to to the founding of ClearCo. And so, when when did you find ClearCo? Uh, so Michelle and I started ClearCo in 2015, um, the fall of 2015. So it's coming up on six years now, and uh, feels like feels like maybe a lot longer, but uh, it's, it's certainly been a journey. Yeah. So it sounds like it's been around for six years, but the idea
0: was in your head for five years prior to that. So for people that don't know, give us all of your pitch on what Clearco does.
1: Yeah, so we we provide financing and really we provide opportunity to entrepreneurs that you know many of them go to angel investors or VCs uh, for. And so it starts with financing. Um, we provide non-dilutive capital uh, to entrepreneurs, to mostly e-commerce and, and software entrepreneurs to fund their repeatable growth, sales, marketing, inventory, infrastructure. Um, but we also provide advice and, you know, access to a network and a lot of the other things that you're looking for as a founder, um, you know, in, in, uh, in building your business. Uh, and so we do that programmatically. Um, we use data science to evaluate businesses. Um, we also use that same technology to make recommendations and provide that advice. Um, and we funded about $2.4 billion now to 5,500 companies or uh, entrepreneurs around the world. So you yeah, have one of the biggest portfolios out there. Probably. Yeah. It's probably, you know, we think of ourselves as, uh, as, as probably the largest, at least by number uh, e-commerce investor in the world.
0: So I'd like to get back to that advice and the services you provide in a minute. But before that, you're six years in the journey. When did you feel like you had product market fit and How do you know you had it?
1: Yeah. Great, great question. We had, we had moments. I think product market fit is this like, um, you know, elusive concept where, we felt like we had it we had a couple of different iterations we always had this vision around using financial services to empower entrepreneurs we started the company really focusing on the gig economy um you know we partnered with uber in the early days we worked with the sharing economy and airbnb i think what we really found was in the e-commerce world that was where there was there was a, this explosion of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs that the only limitation to their growth was access to capital and knowledge of what to do with with that capital. Right? They had products that they could sell to anybody anywhere. They just needed to find those customers and they needed to make sure that they had those products in stock. And and that's those are the things that we could go solve. Um, so you know, it took us a few years. We really you know we really nailed this product probably in 2018. So it's coming up on three years uh, that that we we really found that they had. We had a customer base that was large and growing, and we were sort of creating a category and a market that was coming into our view. Um, but we had a few um, brushes with product market fit on the journey there. So so I love that.
0: And let, let's talk a bit about what you said. So like 2018, you get to, let's say, product market fit. Um, and it seems like since then, clear is everywhere the last three years. Uh, you know, at that time was it just, it was the, like a marketing spend loan, right? Like, Hey, you're advertising on Facebook or Twitter. We can, we can provide financing for that. Is that correct? Is that, was that the product that found product market fit?
1: Yeah, it was actually a, it was actually a fairly contentious board meeting. So coming into that, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. So We were funding, most of our business was funding vacation rental businesses. So we would fund, you know, an uh, um, an Airbnb host to to open up a new property and they would, you know, they would take $5,000 and they would outfit it and they'd get the furniture and everything and then they'd put it Mm -hmm. on Airbnb. And that was the majority of our business. Um, And that was actually what our Series A investors invested on. Um, And we had this sort of skunk works project to fund marketing for e-commerce because we sort of saw... This this emerging ecosystem of e-commerce businesses and Michelle had just joined Dragons Den and was you know all of these entrepreneurs were pitching look we're looking to raise money and what they needed the money for was marketing and inventory and so we we're like okay we could fund we could fund this we know how marketing works mm-hmm. um, but I remember coming out of a board meeting saying look we think there's something you know we're coming into Black Friday we're coming into Q4 we think there's something in this e-commerce thing we're not sure how much headroom we've got to grow in the vacation rental business. Um, And our board was very divided. You know, our new investors that had invested a few months ago were like, wait a minute, you just sold us on this, on this business model. Um, What do you mean you're going to, you know, you know, effectively pivot? Uh, And we're like, no, I mean, it's the same vision. It's just, you know, it's just a uh, it's just, just a different target target market and using the same infrastructure and technology. And um, you know, I think, I think that was, it was pretty divided, but Michelle and I sort of looked at each other and we're like, look, this is going to be the last black Friday. We get to try this for a while. And so, let's let's give it a shot. And yeah, effectively, it was, we will fund your online marketing spend. Um, and instead of taking equity, instead of taking, you know, so it's neither a loan nor is it an equity investment. Um, it's a revenue share. So we don't take security in the business, we don't take a personal guarantee, we don't put sort of warrants and covenants on the business. Um, but we take a revenue share and we get uh, until we get our money back and plus 6%. Uh, and so so that's sort of the structure of, uh, of the advance that we, we provide. Yeah, and that product, like,
0: if you look back, it seem to go historically well. And like you said, it, it's you've been a rocket ship since then. But what's interesting to me is I feel like over the last, actually since like the beginning of 2020, you seem to be launching new products and services like every couple of weeks, or at least it feels that way. And you've alluded to providing services. So tell us a bit about how you decided what to launch. You know, there's more lending products and there's now like this, I guess, advice products. And how have you decided to do that? How have you... De- go- you know, how do you decide what the product roadmap is?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just talking to the founders in our portfolio and being like, Okay, well, what do you need? Right? And capital, you know, capital gets you so far. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. capital by itself, you can get from a lot of different places. Um, you know, there's different strings and terms associated with them, but capital by itself, um, you know, gets you gets you to a certain point. I think what most people look for, and when they look for an investor, this is really what you're looking for, is you're looking for, experience. And you're in in a lot of ways as a founder, you're looking for confidence that you're onto something, right? You're looking for like, you know, I want to raise money so I can get the TechCrunch article so I can send it to my mom so that she knows that I'm not a failure in life, right? Like that's, like, that's actually what a lot of founders are looking for is like some sort of validation that they're onto something. And then some advice on like, hey, you know, I've got 10 things on my priority list, which should be number one, you know, and and so we started to look at this and say, look, we've got a ton of data, we've, you know, we're plugged into 30,000 businesses. We know what works for which category, which stage in which geography and what doesn't work. We know which agency is effective for which types of businesses. We know which piece of software. We know which advertising channels. We know what your gross margin should be. And now we can start to use that data to really help these, these founders make better decisions, um, faster and use that capital most effectively. Interesting. And
0: if you look now, you've had three years of very rapid growth. And if you look out 10 years. What does success look like? What you know, what will how will people describe Clearco?
1: Yeah, I every time I try and talk about this, it's I, I honestly think it's less about describing Clearco and what Clearco looks like in 10 years. And it's more about if if Clearco is, you know, achieves its mission or, or is on the path to that, what does the world look like? Right. And what do people's careers look like? And, you know, do people is it much easier? Do we have a million entrepreneurs that would otherwise not have existed? And are they solving, you know, problems that they're Passionate about, um, and that could be, you know, just building a business and and controlling their own destiny. That could be solving, you know, climate change or you know major healthcare uh, healthcare challenges and things that that people are really passionate about. But does the does the makeup of entrepreneurship look very different than it does today because we exist? Um, and do the types of problems that entrepreneurs can can tackle change because they don't need to be able to, you know pitch a VC who's been able, you know, the skill set of raising money from LPs is very different than the skill set of understanding the problems that humanity faces. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, I think that's one of the challenges. There's a lot of great entrepreneurs out there who are working, who are qualified and passionate about solving real problems. And they're just, you know, they're what they're not qualified to do is pitch their business in a way that resonates with a venture capitalist, or,
0: or maybe their business doesn't fit into a traditional model. So Exactly. I, I love it. Like, it sounds like what you're trying to do is enable more people to be entrepreneurs and providing cap, exactly. access to capital and advice. That's, exactly. that's a huge impact. So let, let's talk a bit about the company growth and why someone might want to join Clearco. So like, first, like you went from what, how many people did you have in 2018?
1: Uh, we had about, we had a hundred people in, or actually in 2018 we probably had less than 50 people. Um, <laughs> how many we, do you have now? Uh. 378 we had 50 people start yesterday uh so wow. we're, we're just under 400 people um yeah it's it's been uh it's been you know uh definitely an adjustment uh, a little terrifying but but also a lot of fun i think uh, you know managing through this growth and and uh, and watching people sort of grow and succeed um and and you know it's almost like every week every month people are pushed outside of their comfort zone taking on new challenges taking on new responsibilities. so um it's been it's been fun for sure so, so a few questions about how you've done this and what people can expect if they join Clearco. So, what's the culture you've tried to build or the culture you have? I mean, the it's very much a founder culture, right? You, you know, you think about the mission of the company, you think about our customers. Um, the people who thrive here are the people who believe in entrepreneurship, who have, you know, almost, almost everybody has an entrepreneurial story themselves. Maybe they started a club in high school. Maybe they came from an entrepreneurial family. Um, maybe they have ambitions of starting a company. And we've probably had, even in the last few years, 10 or 12, uh, found who have, started, you know, met a co-founder of ClearCo, started a company, we've invested in them. Uh, and so that's, you know, that that ends up being a big part. We're actually looking at like formalizing this program for people who, you know, they want to, they know they want to be an entrepreneur, but, you know, they may not have the idea, they may not have the skill set, uh, they may not have the team yet to go do that. And so like, look, come work with us for a few years. Um, as soon as you're ready to, to go and start something, if you do a great job here, like, we'll, you know, we'll invest, we'll, we want to be your first backer. Uh, and so, what that leads to is is uh, you know we try and provide a lot of autonomy. Um, it certainly you know leads to some chaos, and we're trying to organize the chaos in a little little better way because you try and put four hundred founders in a room, and um, and you know it's it is it is sometimes like herding cats. But there's a lot of passion for what we do. Um, it is you know, it's certainly an intense place. Like there's an urgency to to uh, the mission that that we all feel. Um, but I think it can be incredibly rewarding for the right type of people who who believe in what we're trying to do and, and have ambitions of you know, changing the world for founders. So so I love it. You're looking for people that are
0: entrepreneurial and want to support entrepreneurs. Um, exactly. And let, how have you adjusted to, I guess, the hybrid, you know, distributed life? Because like, I remember if we go back to January 2020, you were just about to launch a beautiful new office in downtown Toronto across from Union Station. And yeah. then COVID hits, I, I, I know your team, like you said, you just hired half your executive team, they're all over. So what's your approach to physical locations or remote? Is it fully remote, full distributed, like how do you think about the team going forward?
1: Yeah, so we've you know it's it's a double-edged sword for sure. We've we've been able to tap into unbelievable talent. Um, you know leadership talent you and, know across across the board. I think the the mission you know the types of people who are entrepreneurial who want to support entrepreneurs, you know they are everywhere and we can we've now been able to unlock some incredible talent globally. Um, but the challenge, and you know, frankly, the challenge for me has been adjusting to being a Zoom CEO, uh, right, and a remote CEO, like it's just, I uh, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm playing with my hands tied behind my back because I feel like I'm much, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I think I'm much more compelling in person uh, than I am over video, right, and I, I, I can, I've always been able to sort of sense the room and figure out where people were anxious and where there was, where there was enthusiasm and, and excitement, um, and so you know, I think that's been a real challenge is just just maintaining that culture, um, you know, that alignment, that energy. Um, if you'd ever been to our office, you'd felt the sort of like energy of a bunch of entrepreneurs in one room and it's just a sort of um, you know, pulsating energy around what we were trying to accomplish. Um, so I think this is where we're trying to find the right hybrid. and as as the world comes back, you know, we're fortunate enough to have the resources to be able to bring the team together on a regular basis. So we will still, you know, we'll still have our Toronto office. We will likely open up um, offices for people to work in, in sort of the major cities where we've got more than five or 10 people. So like in New York, San Francisco, London. Um, But we won't require everybody to work in the office. um, If, you know, anybody to work in the office if they don't want to every day, but we will bring everybody together on a regular basis, uh, the entire company and then each individual team. um, Because I think there's, you know, that face to face time and that relationship building is something that's that's hard to replace. Wow,
0: it it sounds like a good experiment and sounds like fun. I wish I was single; <laughs> I could just spend a couple of days in New York, a couple of days in San Francisco, and go to London. Um, yeah, exactly. And and you just hired fifty people; you're up to four hundred people. How many open roles do you have, and what what are the positions you're looking to hire for?
1: Uh, I think we've got over two hundred open roles. Um, you know, we're we're looking certainly on the engineering side. Um, you know, engineering, data science product management design uh, and then we're really hiring across um, you know the sales and the go-to-market organization um, marketing sales partnerships and business development um, we've got some roles in finance as well so you know look I think if you don't see a role that fits your requirements but you're passionate about the mission and you think you can help us like please apply I think we have an open like we have a you know don't see a, a fit apply um, we just want to meet you know fantastic people and that's one of the things we've we've been pretty good at at um, creating roles for great, you know, great people who, who just want to come in and, and, and have an impact. I, I love that. And and what is the recruiting process like? So do you, do you go to your site? Like, do they
0: go to clear.co careers and yeah. apply, you know, is that, and then what's, what's the process? Is it a couple of remote interviews? What, what, what could someone expect?
1: Yeah, we've tried to, we've tried to streamline the process quite a bit. Um, so it's a couple of interviews. You'll talk to somebody on our talent team, they'll describe sort of the culture and, um, and do a sort of a, 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 an initial intake. And then, um, it's a few meetings with the hiring managers and, and, uh, the hiring manager and the, and the, the key people that you'll be working with. And we try and, you know, we really try and, and have a, um, a quick SLA on, on things. So we don't want to waste people's time. We don't want to drag them through a, a long interview process. Um, you know, if there's a good fit, then, then there's a great fit. Um, and if not, we'll let you know. And, uh, and, you know, there's some, some people that have interviewed, they haven't been a good fit right now. They've gotten some more experience or our needs have changed. Mm-hmm. We've gone back to them and brought them on board. So um, some of our top performers, I think applied like two or three times uh, and we eventually brought them in and, and it was the perfect time and the perfect time for their career uh, and and have, have, been, uh, have been had a, you know, incredible career trajectory uh since then we used to do video interviews i think we still have we still require a video interview i don't know if they've changed that process but um or or you just submit a video like a one minute video of you talking about yourself and why you're excited about the the job um and i think that's still part of the process i always enjoyed looking over this it it sounds like you've been inspired about
0: by yc you can apply a couple times you're quick to make a you know uh decision so I guess you're lo- something else you may have taken from the valley because it feels a very like a blind fruit of YC batch what else should someone know before joining clear or-
1: I mean look it is it is an intense place right it is um, it's it's not for everybody um, we, we definitely have high expectations we're trying to we're trying to accomplish something um, that you know we're trying to create a category and create an industry and and really change the status quo in a meaningful way and um, you know and so we're we want to be um we want to be totally respectful to for for you know like we it's not like the early days the first 10 or 15 people where everybody would come to our apartment every day and we like lived and worked together and everything but it's also not a nine to five where you just sort of log off and uh and so i think that's one of the things that we just try and be pretty upfront about is you can. We want this to be the place where you do some of the best work of your career, and it is going to be intense, uh, but it's also going to be hopefully incredibly rewarding. Um, and you look back on the body of work that you've done, um, and and are proud of it, and it sets you up. I mean, we've again, you know, the promotion path, the career acceleration path, as we're continuing to hire, um, the leadership potential and opportunities um, are pretty unique at this at this moment in time, and so um, we hope that the trade-off of you know. Probably a bit of intensity, uh, but for the for the opportunity of really sort of accelerating your career in a meaningful way uh, is one that that you know passionate people about entrepreneurship are, are are happy to make. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for your
0: time. I hope that you live the company achieves its mission and that we have a lot more entrepreneurs in Canada and across the world. And if anyone has any questions, uh, I'm sure they can just go to clear.co backslash careers to see the opportunities or. Reach out on social media to the team.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I'm on you know LinkedIn and Twitter, so feel free to you know message me or connect with me. And I'm happy to happy to direct you in the right directions too. But um, yeah, thanks so much for having me, and it's been awesome to to be part of the TechTO community for so long. Thanks, Andrew. You, you're someone that makes this community work. So have an Appreciate amazing it. day,
0: and and I hope you thank you for taking time out of executive meetings. Thanks. Cool for. <laughs> Thanks. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation and want to know what's going on in the Canadian ecosystem on a, you know, and stay informed of new news, analysis, great opportunities and places to join, you need to subscribe to the TechTO newsletter. You can find it at techtio.org backslash newsletter. Go there and sign up. If you have some time this week, we have two other great events coming up in the next seven days. On July 9th, Friday, we have a Founders and Funding episode with uh, founder of Relay Financial, Yosef West. And Bain Capital invested in the race lounge, so Kerry Goldman. It's going to be interesting to talk about fintech, what's happening in Canada, what does a, a, you know, a firm like Bain look for. It'll be very informative to join. And then finally, next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, we will be having our monthly tech TO. We'll have firesides focused on the health tech sector. We'll have recently public uh, dialogue founder um, and, and CEO, uh, Sharif Habib, come up and speak about health tech and being public and being based in Montreal. And then we'll have Andrew Arruda, uh, CEO of Automate Medical, talk about the transition from legal tech to health tech and what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, You know, health tech has been an incredible story the last 16 months, but I think it'll continue to be very important. So please join us to learn about that important sector. And finally, if you missed any of our previous episodes, head over to Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all the Rocketship podcasts. Thank you and have an amazing day.